Well, we start a new series today called Risk Takers, and I want to talk to you about it starts with one word. It starts with the word yes. It starts when you and I say yes to God and no to the status quo of this world. Now, I remember uh, going into my junior year of college, I, was, I had it all planned out. I was going to go to Southwestern Assemblies of God College where I went my freshman year. And then I went back to San Antonio College for my sophomore year to get my basics out of the way because why would I want to spend $300 a unit uh, or for three units when I could spend 30 going to a, um, a, a, a junior college? So I had it all planned to go back to Southwestern Assemblies of God, but a man stayed at our house who was a professor at a school called Bethany College. I'd never heard of Bethany College. I didn't even know where Bethany College was. Little did I know, Scotts Valley, California, I had no idea where that was at. It was basically in between Santa Cruz and San Jose over by the 17 uh, freeway off the mountain to get from San Jose to Santa Cruz. And he was telling me about this school called Bethany College, and they were trying to recruit more Hispanics to come to the school and so forth. And he says, I think you should go and check out this school. Well, I went and checked out the school, and it was my first time to ever come to California. And coming from Texas to California, I noticed y'all didn't have a state bird called the mosquito like we had in Texas. I noticed that y'all didn't have flying cockroaches. I noticed that y'all didn't have humidity. And I fell in love with the golden state of California. And I said, God, this is where I want to come to school. God made a way where there seemed to be no way for me to come to this school. And it was a risk. I had it all planned out. I was going to go back to Southwestern. That's where I was going to go. But let me tell you something. The decisions that you and I make today are going to affect the destiny that God has for your tomorrow. Because let me tell you, if I had not chosen to go to Bethany, I probably wouldn't be here. I probably would have never married Therese. I wouldn't have four beautiful kids. I wouldn't be your pastor. But the decisions that God did in my heart and in my life determined the destiny that he had when I was willing to take a risk. And every single one of us, if you think about it, it seems like being a risk taker, especially in today's culture, in our society, or even as individuals, or even in the church of Jesus Christ, that people have moved from being risk takers to risk um, avoiders. Why have we become risk avoiders in our culture today? Maybe it's because of the fear of getting sued. Maybe it's the fear of getting hurt that causes us not to want to take a risk. Maybe it's the fear of failing. We don't like to look like a failure. We don't want to look like a loser in our culture. But whatever is causing this overwhelming fear of taking a risk sometimes in our lives, it is not found anywhere in the Bible. Now, Christ desires all of us as his followers to sometime in our faith to take a risk for the glory of God. Now, we're living in a day and age where the message of American consumerism screams the opposite. Here's what you're going to hear in the world today when it comes to avoiding being a risk taker. You're going to hear words like play it safe. You're going to hear someone say to you, don't take any chances. You're going to hear others say, just don't do it. Opposite of Nike. But let me tell you something, church. How many of you have ever seen a turtle before? Maybe you have a pet turtle. Maybe your school mascot's a turtle or whatever it may be. But look at a turtle. It only makes progress only when it sticks its neck out. That's where it happens. And every Christian's life is marked by a window of opportunity. We all have these windows of opportunity that are going to demand each and every single one of us to take a radical step of faith at times to fulfill the purpose that God has for our lives. And what makes that step radical is it always involves a significant risk. Everyone say risk. Risk. It's important. God honors radical risk-taking faith. Let me give you some examples. When an ark is, when an ark is built, lives were saved. When soldiers marched, Jericho tumbled. When, when a staff was raised, a sea opened. And when a lunch was shared, thousands were fed. God honors a radical risk-taking faith. Now, there's a pastor named Chip Ingram, who's a wonderful pastor. He said this, and I quote, he said, When there is no risk, there is no faith. And where there is no faith, there is no power. And where there is no faith, there is no joy. 
And where there is no faith, there is no intimacy with God. And where there is no faith, there is no supernatural miracles. And when there is no faith, there is no reward. And where there is no faith, there is no pleasing of God. Now I want to give you a couple of principles this morning in becoming a risk taker in 2020 and beyond. And that is this. You become a risk taker through faith. If you want to write that down somewhere on your notes or whatever it may be, you will never be a risk taker unless you do it through faith. Now, in Numbers 13 and 14, where we're going to be reading this morning, um, there's 12 spies. And these 12 spies walked through the promised land, and, and only two could look at the environment, and they saw it through the eyes of faith. They saw it through the eyes of faith. For example, many, many said the men were huge. They were giants. Who cares? Two of them said our God is much bigger. Many of the people said the land seems like we have to fight for it. Who cares? Two of them said. They said God just freed us from generations of slavery. Nothing is too difficult for our God. Friends, remember, when there is no risk and there is no faith, there will be no growth. You cannot grow in your faith. You cannot grow and see what God wants to do in the life of his church if there is no risk and there is no faith. So we read in Numbers 13, 25 through 33, it says this. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of, of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that had taken from the land. We're looking at Numbers 13, 27. It goes on and says this. This was their report to Moses. We have entered the land you sent us to and explored it. And indeed, it has bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea along the Jordan River. I mean the Jordan Valley. Verse 30. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among, among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants that were the descendants of Enoch. And next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Now, friends, I want you to think about this. All these men secretly spied on the land. All the spies reported their findings. And they all gave the same facts. Twelve of them gave the same facts. What did they say? They said the land was flowing with milk and honey. Yes. The land was delightful. It was a delightful place. Yes. The land was having good fruit and grain. Yes. And it was everything that God said it was. Yes. However, there was an interpretation of the facts. There was two reports. There was a majority report and there was a minority report. And the majority report said, let's go. Let's not go in. We can't take this land. There was the majority report. They said, this is impossible. We can't do this. And humanly speaking, they could not take the land. But by faith and with God, anything is possible. Let me tell you something, friends. With faith and God, anything is possible. Amen? We need to remember that today. That with faith in God, anything is possible. Hudson Taylor, the great man of faith who founded the China Inland Mission, integrated faith and risk. And he said this, and I quote, he said, unless there is an element of risk in our ex exploits for God, there is no need for faith. 
Now, Caleb was a risk taker. There's no doubt about that. He, he stepped forward and he, be, he begins with this incredible report, this positive report in, in Numbers 13, 30 through 31. It says, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. But the other men who explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're, they're stronger than we are. Now, Caleb was a man of faith. He's the kind of guy that you want in your, in your corner, in your arsenal, to build you up and to encourage you in the things of God. However, the people of Israel turned their thoughts back to Egypt. They wanted to remember the good old days. They wanted to think about the way back playback in their, in their lives and all this other stuff. In Numbers 14, 4, it says, And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Now let me ask you something this morning. Would you want to go back to a lifestyle where you were beaten? Where you were treated like trash? Where you were ridiculed and mocked and maybe spit upon? I don't think any of us in this room would want to go back into bondage. We would all want to experience freedom. And, and the Israelites didn't care about going back into slavery. They didn't care about having to make bricks all day with their feet in the mud and all this other stuff. They didn't care about that stuff. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They didn't care that their taskmasters would lash on their backs and, and thought to themselves, well, you know, it's, it's not that bad. It, it, it hurt a little bit. Or, yeah, I've got this huge scar, but you know what? I, I want to go back. Everyone wanted to go back. But Caleb wanted to keep moving forward through faith. And if God has led you to a certain decision in your life this morning, listen to me. If God has led you to a certain decision, you've begun doing what God has called you to do. You're, you're, you're going forward with what, what the Lord has asked you to do. You are eventually going to come to a place where you see lots of giants. You're going to come to a, a certain time in your life where you're going to see a lot of obstacles. And from that, it's going to cause you to feel fearful. It's going to cause you to want to withdraw. It's going to cause you to not want to go ahead and do what God has called you to do. But, what, but that, that happens, and if that ever happens in your life, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Listen to me, friends. Have the faith to keep pressing on. Have the faith to keep moving forward. Don't focus on your past victories. Don't focus on your past failures. Don't even focus on your sinning or your shortcomings. God wants to forgive you. God wants to help you, and he wants to help you through the hand of hope. Hope is a four-letter word that the devil hates. And don't allow your past failures to defeat you. Look at Peter in the Bible. Some of you are thinking, well, you know what? God can't use me. There's a lot of drama in my life. There's a lot of baggage. There's a lot of things going on. Peter in the Bible denied Jesus three times. But yet God used him and used him in a mighty way. And Caleb had courage to be a risk taker to share what he saw. Because he had faith to forget Egypt and focus on the promised land. Too many of us in this room are focusing on the Egypts in our world. And we're not focusing on the promised land that God has for us. Think about it, friends. You will never be a risk taker without having faith. The second thing I want to encourage you and the principle that I want you to, to think about or remember is a risk taker, in order to be a risk taker, you have to be willing to lead. You got to be willing to lead. You got to be willing to, if you're going to walk on the water, you got to step out of the boat. Friends, how, how you respond to every issue, how I respond to every circumstance, how we respond to every challenge in our life will determine two things. It will determine if we're going to lead. If we're going to lead or we're going to follow. If we're going to take action or we're going to stand still. If we're going to take a risk or we're going to play it safe. Think about what Joshua and Caleb faced. They faced a tough desert. How many of you just love the desert? Some of you maybe love it this time of the year, but a lot of times we don't want to go to the desert because it's too hot. Living in the Antelope Valley, I know what that was like. God's presence was with them in the desert. It was an incredible experience, but it was not easy. 
They were attacked by snakes and scorpions. They didn't have enough supply of water. The journey was long. The journey was tiresome. They were attacked by hostile communities. They faced a tough desert. Then on top of that, there was negativity. Negative people were in their camps. When the ten spies came with a negative report, see the attitude of Caleb. But then on top of that, Numbers 146 says that, the, that there was 603, 550,000 men besides women and children who left Egypt. That's almost a million people. Who knows what it would have been if you would have counted the women and children. But there were only three positive people in that experience. And that was Moses, Joshua, and Caleb in that, in that situation. And then on top of that, when you think about Caleb, he was a non-Hebrew descendant. He was a non-Hebrew descendant. Caleb and his brother Ethniel are, are said to be uh, Canaanites and the grandson of Esau. And you can hear about that in Joshua 14.6. So what that means is that Caleb was not originally a Jew. He wasn't part of that culture. His grandparents joined the Israelite community at some point. And I'm sure he had to prove himself. He had to prove that he was, he was part of the Jewish culture. And he, he was selected as a spy and he was the head of the tribe of Judah. But Caleb followed the Lord. He followed the Lord with everything that he had in his life. And God promised Caleb that he was going to take him to the promised land. And despite Caleb and Joshua, all that they faced, God gave them the strength and God gave them the ability to lead. Now we read in Numbers 14, 1 through 9. In Numbers 14, 1 through 9, it says this. Then the whole community began weeping aloud. They were crying. They all cried all night. All night. Their voices rose in great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in this wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jeff, Jephunneh, um, tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid. I want to give you a principle, friend, that I think is very important. A risk taker not only always moves forward, but the reason they move forward is because they recall what God has done in the past. They recall what God has done in the past. When things are uncertain in your life, when things seem unsettled in our world, we need to remember that God is still good. How many of you know what I'm talking about? God is still good. Let's give him praise. God is still good. And that God is ultimately in control, even when we can't see his clear fingerprints in our, in our circumstance. Now Joshua and Caleb along with the other ten spies were selected to go to the promised land. And as these spies they were leaders of their tribes. They, they were men of vision. They were men of clout. They were men of good standing in their community and their tribes. And they along with all the Israelites had just walked through the Red Sea. Did you hear what I said? They didn't swim through the Red Sea. They walked through the Red Sea on dry land. With the water held back at, at, by the hand of God. Can you imagine what that would have been like to walk through the Red Sea. They experienced it. They all lived through a series of miracles. They were all protected from the plagues of Egypt. They had seen God's hand at work on their behalf to free them from Egypt. Not once, not twice, but ten times. 
And Joshua and Caleb had a vision to see that if God had moved in the past, that God would move in the present, that God would help them to move in the forward. And that whatever they came their way, it was no big deal for God to take care of them. But the majority of the people forgot what God had done. Listen to me this morning. You need to remember what God has done in your life. You need to recall the miracles that have taken place in your spirit, in your home, in your career, in your job. You need to remember those things for what God has done. Listen to Numbers 14, 11. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with content? I think God is talking to the church of America today. Will they never believe me even after all the miraculous signs I've done among them? You need to remember what God has done. Church, we need to understand that a risk taker, another important thing about a risk taker is they will always have a different attitude than the status quo. How is your attitude today? Think about that. Only you know what it's like. But a risk taker is always, will always have a different attitude than the status quo. Remember? Ten spies came back. Two came back with a different report and so forth. The 40 years the people of Israel wandered the wilderness. Everyone got older. But Caleb stayed young in his spirit. The giants in the promised land made the Israelites look like grasshoppers. But Caleb remembered God. For 40 years, he communed with God. He, he had a relationship with God. He knew God promised him, and he was willing to take it up. Caleb had a different attitude, even though there were giants in the land. How was your attitude today, friends? And eventually, Caleb saw that God was greater than those giants. Listen to Numbers 14, 24. This is what it says. But my, Caleb, my servant Caleb has what? Has a different attitude than others have. If you're going to be a risk taker for God, a risk taker will always have a different attitude than the status quo. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. So as we wrap this up, friends, when you say yes to God and his promises, there's three things that it will do in your heart. There's three things that it will do in your life. Number one is this. You will remember that God is always bigger and mightier than your circumstance. You will always remember that God is mightier and that God is bigger than your situation. As a result of the people of Israel, here's what happened. They didn't want to take a risk. They wanted to be risk avoiders instead of risk takers. And because of that, they chose to live in the fear of, and, and, and as they chose to live in fear, these score of Israelites never entered the promised land. And they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. Now, 45 years later, Caleb declared that even at 85, 85 years old that he was still bold enough to capture the land. And of course, he remembered that God was bigger. He remembered that God was mightier no matter what came their way, just as he did 45 years earlier in his life. Caleb remembered, the, remembered God at the Red Sea. Caleb remembered God's provision in the wilderness. Even after the wilderness wanderings, Caleb was determined to place his confidence in God's power to see him through. Church, listen to me this morning. Don't forget the miracles that God has done for you in the past. Caleb's faith in God was not shaken by his circumstances. And if you and I are going to be people that move forward and, and people that are risk takers for God, we have to put our confidence in God as, and, and his ability to give us the victory. The second thing I want to say to you is that when, God, when, when you and I say yes to God and his promises, it will cause us to walk in confidence. It'll cause us to walk in confidence. They were confident that the power of God would be able to take, take them through this tough territory. And although all of us sometime or another are going to face obstacles in our lives. But with God's strength, 
We can overcome any mountains, any tough terrain that we face in our lives. Joshua and Caleb were sufficient for the task. God provided them with strength for each demand. And the last thing is this. When you say yes to God and his promises, not only will it cause you to walk in confidence, not only will it cause you to remember that God is always mightier and bigger than your circumstance, but it will cause you to never fail because of God's strength. Caleb said in, in Numbers 14, 11, I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. That's a long, that's four decades. Even when Caleb felt overwhelmed, do you feel overwhelmed? Even when Caleb felt inadequate, do you ever feel inadequate to take a risk? God gave him the strength for the task. Why? Because Caleb had been through some difficult times in the desert. Are you in a difficult time in your life? Have you gone through difficulties in your life? And as a result, he, uh, he had an unparalleled strength. Why, be, why, friends? Because difficult times will strengthen you when you place your trust in God. Through God's power, you will begin to feel strong even though you feel weak. As you take a risk and walk in faith, the same God who, who's seen people in Scripture through is the same God who will see you through it during your hard times. Caleb was determined to stand in, in the strength of God, and so should we. Numbers 14, 36 through 38 says, Then ten men Moses had sent to explore the land, the ones who incited rebellion against the Lord with their bad report, were, st were struck with a plague before the Lord. And of the twelve who had explored the land, only Joshua and Caleb remained alive. I want to ask you a question, friends. How many of you ever heard or know about these people that I'm about to name? How many of you have ever, how many of you know Shamoah? How many of you know Shaphat? How many of you recall Ijol? How about Poltai? You must always know about Poltai. How about Gadel? What about Gadi? What about Amiel? How many of you know Sether? Nabai? Does that sound familiar to you? What about Guo? How many of you know that? Raise your hand. If you know any of those names I just mentioned. Now, how many of you know Joshua and Caleb? Raise your hand. Amazing. Why do you know about those two and not the other ten? Because the other ten were the negative spies. You don't even know who they were. I just gave you their names. But you sure do know about Joshua and Caleb, which brings me to my last point. When you take a risk for God, God will never stop talking about you. He'll never stop talking about you. Because we all know about who Joshua and Caleb are, but the names that I just mentioned of the ten, not one of you know who they were. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephone, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. Because of Caleb's willingness to take a risk and tackle the tough territory, God blessed him. Church, let me just tell you something. When you're willing to take a risk, your sacrifice will be a blessing to someone else. God can use your challenges. God can use your hurts. God can use your heartaches to touch the lives of so many people. Let me just say this as we wrap this up. If Noah didn't take a risk, he would have drowned with the rest of the world. If Abraham didn't take a risk, he and his family would have remained in pagan culture. If Moses didn't take a risk, the Israelites might still be in Egypt. If Gideon didn't take a risk, the Midianites would have overwhelmed Israel. If Esther didn't take a risk, the Jews in 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia would have been destroyed. If the prophet didn't take risk, God's people would have never repented. If Paul didn't take risk, the gospel message would have never been, would have been silenced. Here's my question. What is the risk that God is calling you to do? 
What is the risk that God is calling you to stand in the gap? You might say, oh, pastor, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an old age. Caleb was 85 when he entered the promised land. John Piper in his book, Risk is Right, says this as I close. A choice lies before you. Either waste your life or live with risk. Either sit on the sidelines or get in the game. After all, life was no cakewalk for Jesus. And he didn't promise it would be any easier for his followers. We shouldn't be surprised by resistance. We shouldn't be surprised by persecution. Yet most of us in this room want to play it safe. We pursue comfort. We spend ourselves to get more stuff. And we prefer to be entertained. We are all tempted by the idea of security. The possibility of a cozy Christianity with no hell at the end. But what kind of life is that really? It's a far cry from an adventurous abundant from truly rich and full and it certainly is not the height and the depths Jesus calls us to close quote there's an experiment that was done with fleas in a jar these fleas were put in a jar and basically they kept bouncing up and down trying to get off out of that that jar that had a lid on it eventually these fleas got frustrated by the situation and said you know what we're going to stop jumping higher because we keep hitting our heads and we keep getting hurt so they only jumped to a certain level of that jar so that they wouldn't feel the pain. Eventually, these experimental people decided to take the lid off. Unfortunately, these fleas got so used to where they would jump so high that instead of going over the, the lid, they stayed where they were at. They became comfortable in their situation, and they didn't realize that all they had to do was jump out, and they would be set free. Let me tell you something, friends. We realize that when we take a risk and we jump so high that we're going to hit a lid, you're going to hit a lid of criticism. You're going to hit a lid of opposition. And, this, and, that, is, and that is where so many people are tempted to stop taking a risk. That is where people stop jumping so high. People end up finding the spot where it just stops hurting. I'm tired of the pain. And that's where they stay. But I want to encourage you, friends. You've got to understand that you've got to realize that it's, it may stop hurting. But that's when you really start dying. No preacher, no missionary, no Christian has ever attempted to do something great for God without going through criticism or opposition. And I want to encourage you, church, today, that as God's people, that if you and I are going to go forward, it happens when we say yes to God and no to the status quo. And when we do that, amazing things will happen. Every head is bowed and eyes are closed in this holy moment. A risk taker walks by faith and not by sight. A risk taker is willing to lead. A risk taker moves forward reflecting on God's past faithfulness. They stand on the promises of God as they say yes to him. They know that their God is mightier. They know that their God is bigger than their difficult circumstance. They walk in confidence and they believe that through God's strength, they will not fail. Today, is there an area of your life that God is calling you to be a risk taker? Maybe the Lord wants you to lead something. Maybe the Lord this year wants you to tell someone about your faith in Him. Maybe you, the Lord wants to use you to invite persons or people to come with you to church. Maybe God wants you to give up something in your life to help you grow in your relationship with God. Maybe it's an ungodly habit. Maybe it's negative friends or a circle of friends that are tearing you down in your relationship with Jesus. Perhaps God is challenging you to give something up. Or maybe move forward on doing something with your time. Maybe this is the year that you say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give to your kingdom. I'm going to take, I'm going to give a faith promise to missions. Maybe this is the year that you give your talents to advance his kingdom. I don't know what it is. Maybe you want to give your life to Christ. Maybe you want to rededicate your life back to him. 
Perhaps you want to say to the Lord today, Jesus, I want to be a risk taker for your glory, no matter how hard the road may be. How many of you in this room this year by faith want to be a risk taker for God? Raise your hand. Just say, God, that's me this year. Lord, I want to be a risk taker for your glory. I want to be a risk taker for your kingdom. If you're able to, wherever you may be, if you're able to, would you stand with me? And Lord, I pray, Father, that as we stand and we sing this song in reflection of what we've heard from your word, Lord God, that, Lord God, you will begin to do something in our hearts, that you will begin to do something in our minds, Lord God. Lord, may we be like Joshua and Caleb. Help us all to see the situation as you do, that you're always bigger, that you're always mightier, and that you, O oh Lord, are more than able to do exceedingly abundantly, more than we can ask or even think of. And whatever you call us to do, whatever you call us to give up, whatever you call us to go forward in, Jesus, God, we do it not by our might nor by our power, but this, by the Spirit of the living God. It starts with one word, yes. Just tell God yes. Just tell him yes by faith. Yes, Lord, I'm going to give. Yes, Lord, I'm going to go. Yes, Lord, I'm going to give up. Whatever it is that you call me to do. Lord, let there be risk takers in this room. Let there be risk takers in the online service today, Jesus. Lord, do a new thing in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, for that individual that wants to give their life to you, just say, Jesus, forgive me my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I believe, Jesus, you died on that cross, and three days later you rose from that grave. And I confess you as my Lord and Savior. God, the decisions that we make will determine the destiny that you have for our life. And may this be the year that as we've gone from a shift, that we would go from risk avoiders to risk takers for your glory and your honor. Move in the hearts of your church like never before. In the name above all names, the name of Jesus. Church, let's worship the Lord. Let's worship God. Just pray right now. Pray in the spirit and with understanding. Let God speak to your heart. Let God speak to your mind as we reflect, as we remember, and we worship the living God.